Hey, this is Jen Johans at FilmIntuition.com or FilmIntuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch With Jen and Friends. If Watch With Jen is the studio track, this is the acoustic version. Today's guest is Stephanie Crawford, a talented writer, podcaster, and extremely knowledgeable cinephile with a passion for physical media. When she isn't writing for Fangoria, Hard Boiled Wonderland, or other publications, or guesting on any number of podcasts like Just the Discs, you can usually find Stephanie logging her film watching and thoughts on Twitter and Letterboxd, and co-hosting the pod The Screamcast. As fun and inventive as she is friendly, I'm thrilled to talk movies with her today. Welcome, Stephanie. How are you doing, and how are you adapting to quarantine life? I'm doing fine. (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) I can't really complain. I still have my job, um, and so far, thankfully, everyone I know is healthy. Um, Good. So, you know, I I have the anxiety that I think it would be unusual to not have right now, (laughs) Uh, but I really can't complain. But how, how have you been doing? Been doing better. Yeah, I was sick for like a little over a month and just thought it was allergies or like sinus, but then got progressively worse. And luckily, this super strong treatment my doctor gave me worked. So even though I tested negative for COVID, he wasn't, I don't think, buying that. He talked about maybe sending me back for another test, but I don't want to take one away from someone who's like super sick right now. So we're holding off because I'm doing so much better. So we're just kind of looking at treating it the way it is now. And it's doing much better than before. So knock on wood. I, I will knock on wood. That's great news. So. <laughs> great. But, but keep an eye on it. And I don't will. talk yourself out of that test if things change. Okay. And thanks. be very That's stern me. right now. Uh, No, I appreciate it. So for those listening, I know you're a podcaster as well, who may not be familiar. What can you tell us about Screamcast and how long have you been doing that? Okay, uh, Screamcast is a horror podcast. It's gone through changes over the years with Mm -hmm. hosts and everything. But uh, generally, it's just a small group of friends talking about horror movies. Um, I know it's a shocking concept no one's ever heard of before. (laughs) Somehow we made it work. Um, Lately, we actually started recording commentaries and (laughs) uh, through Zoom. So there have been a few challenges there, but it's been fun. And I am a huge commentary nerd, if that's a thing. I am that. And uh, I guess it's one of my goals in life to actually do a commentary that would go on a disc. So I'm like, all right, good. This is like training. We're going to get it done. It is. Yeah, that's awesome. I actually did record a commentary that went on a disc for an independent movie. And it was very daunting because I'm the exact same way. I love commentary tracks. And I listened to too many of like the highbrow ones, like the film scholar ones, <laughs> right before I did it. So immediately then you're starting to judge every comment you make, like, well, this is dumb. <laughs> but I would love that. Which commentaries have you done? We did uh, Night of the Living Dead. Okay, classic. We did, uh, the Evil Dead. Okay, the original Sam Raimi, and we did Scream. Oh my gosh. I think that might be my favorite horror movie. I know it's like basic or whatever, but I love no, Scream so much. 
we're kind of right now we're doing tentpole movies so hopefully okay. uh just kind of warm warm up a bit <laughs> <laughs> but no, Scream is, I think, especially for people in our age group, that's like, I guess it's basic in the way that, you know, vitamins are. <laughs> it's like, sure, <laughs> common, but you need it. It's important. Yes. Just like it was the 40th anniversary of Friday the 13th the other day. And that's another one of my favorite horror movies. And you tell people and they're like, yeah, Jen, you know, that's like saying Beethoven's fifth is your favorite or something like that. But Yeah. What's your favorite food? Ice cream? <laughs> yeah, pizza. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Don't use any of those as passwords. Yeah. They're too easy, I guess. Oh, can you hold on a second? I just need to do something completely unrelated really quickly. Oh, you're fine. Yeah, go ahead. And passwords updated. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, Jen just blew that for me. (laughs) Skeet Ulrich ice cream can't be my password anymore. No. (laughs) Skeet Ulrich ice cream. (laughs) Yeah, Matthew Lillard pizza. Come on. (laughs) Well, you are one of my favorite Twitter presences because you're always so generously and openly sharing what you're watching. Um, Have you made any cool discoveries you'd like to tell us about? That's so nice of you, because in my opinion, that's what you actually do on Twitter. (laughs) I think I'm just kind of obnoxious. Not at all. (laughs) It's so kindly. So I appreciate that. Um, Okay, so. I came in here with some recommendations, and that's really hard to do. I don't know if you know this. People have made a lot of movies over the years. And a lot of them. I know. (laughs) It can be hard narrowing them down. So in your very kind introduction of me, you mentioned physical media. So I thought to myself, well, the movies have to have a good physical media release. Okay. Blu-ray, DVD. It has to be, you know, you you can give someone 20 bucks and you can get it. Okay. But I also double checked that they're streaming. Ooh. So I'm trying to cover all my bases here. You came to play. I love that. (laughs) So these films, um, they're not perfect films, but I do think they're great films that are flawed in very interesting ways. And um, I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe I can convince someone who had one or all of them on their to watch list maybe you have to give it a try maybe i can be a little push how's that funny okay. <laughs> that sounds perfect yeah i'm intrigued okay so first up from 1971 i have ken russell's the boyfriend that has been on my to watch list go ahead sell me stephanie <laughs> all right <laughs> that makes me both happy and very intimidated no you're fine <laughs> So this is based on the 1953 musical from Sandy Wilson, and it was actually um, Julie Andrews' American stage debut when she was in it. Um, So it's set in England in the 1920s, and you have a struggling theater group who's about to put on a big, splashy musical. They have a lot running on it, and their star actually breaks a leg. So um, they have a mousy assistant. Um, which just happens to be proto-supermodel Twiggy, uh, who, for any kids listening out there, um, was just a pop cultural phenomenon. And uh, not only because she was so famous and so successful, but her look was actually copied 
Mm-hmm. Um, and this was before Instagram and everything. So you actually had to hunt down those magazines. And yeah. uh, so she's trying to break into the movie industry. And why not um, a musical from Ken Russell? Seems like a natural. Trend. Yeah. <laughs> That's not so, a big enough hurdle. <laughs> <laughs> So, so much of this movie, it's classic musical. Um, There's literally a scene where they take Twiggy's glasses off and someone gasps, you're beautiful. (laughs) I like those. Yeah, Yeah, she's all that moment. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So you do have those very classic throwback moments, but it's Ken Russell. Mm-hmm. So you, it, it's a super colorful movie. This is a gorgeous musical. Uh, it's shot beautifully, um, but he—if you're familiar with Ken Russell, um, some people might notice the way he uses close-ups pretty often, and he uses those same close-ups. So you know, you'll kind of have a broadly uh, played backstage drama scene, and then they'll do—he'll do that like gritty close-up where you're almost being stuffed into their pores and it just changes the mood very slightly and I think it's so interesting and I was curious about why Ken Russell did this film and I was expecting him to have the stage background he doesn't he eventually went on to direct some operas but he doesn't have a background in it really and then I found out he started uh, filming the boyfriend 10 days or less than two weeks after he finished The Devils. Oh, wow. Just such an intense movie. Yeah. So, like, that's a palate cleanser for him. Wow. Yeah, and so this movie probably won't be for everyone. It, In my opinion, it does start out very garishly okay. on purpose. I think it's a stylistic choice because as it goes on, it pulls you in. You get used to its style, but also refines it. And it, it has a cool thing where it has the real life of this theater troupe. Then it has the the play, the musical they're putting on. And then it has fantasy sequences. So they don't have to worry about a budget. They're all Busby Berkeley influenced. Um, so it, it's an uneven movie in the best way in my opinion. Um, it sounds it, fascinating. Yeah. It, it is. And I, I think it's, it's interesting for um, anyone interested in film history as well, just to go from the devils. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's less than a month later, this uh, really beautiful, colorful musical. So I, I'm kind of just fascinated that it exists. Um, and Very again, much. like, yeah. especially, have you seen Crimes of Passion? No, I haven't. Oh, I love that movie. It's another okay. kind of wrestling movie. Um, and that one, it's kind of a lurid, uh, neo-noir, sleazy thing with a big heart. Okay. Um, but so much of it looks like it's on a stage. The The set's actually constructed to like make it look like a bordello is on a literal stage. And uh it just weirds me out. He doesn't have this extensive stage background because <laughs> he's really great at it. Okay, I'm adding both of those to my list or moving the boyfriend up and adding the other one on. I like that. Very cool. So do you find that you're watching more first-time viewing right now or going back and looking at movies that you love or haven't seen in a while? I know I've talked to people that are doing kind of one or the other right now 
Oh, see, that's where I'm annoying again. I am 50-50. I'm uh, kind of the same. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I always push myself to watch as many new-to-me films as I can. Yep. Um, because I love them. <laughs> I have a <laughs> hunger for them. And like we talked about, there's a couple out there. Yeah, still to just get a few. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's that's fun for me. But at the same time, sometimes I just want to watch Galaxy Quest for like the 5,000th time. And I'm not beating myself up about it. No, uh, you can't go wrong with that one. one thing. Right, yeah, they're not yeah. one thing at one time. Um, so yeah, I would say 50-50. Um, oh, but, uh, you know, my fellow commentary fan... Um, because I, I keep trying to get to so many new to me films, I've been kind of lax on listening to commentaries lately. I've actually been catching up with them a little bit and it's been really nice. I need to go back and do that as well. Cause I wind up doing the same thing where I watch a new movie and then go right to something else. And yeah, I need to explore those extra features because they're missing. They're the thing you're missing right now with streaming. I mean, I love the convenience, but I I need those little dorky <laughs> set visits and the commentaries and the deleted scenes. I mean, you obsess over those. And yeah, I think people today that don't know about those are, are missing out big time. Yeah, I think Voodoo, um, they've been adding a couple, like, featurettes sometimes. Ooh. I think there's even been a commentary. Some people are doing commentaries. I think that's great. But yeah. it's still very scattered. Mm-hmm. It's scanty. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that Netflix is trying to do more commentary tracks, and that's important. But, but yeah, there's something about having it on that physical disc that... I just, I think because we grew up with it and yeah, you can't beat that. You have like the coolest and most enviable physical media collection. Do you know roughly how many discs you think you have or how do you organize them too? So I'm just oh. always blown away. <laughs> it's so funny because in quote unquote real life, my collection looks psychotic. Like people... <laughs> People I know day to day, they're like, we maybe have five DVDs from 15 years ago. We just haven't thrown out. (laughs) I have all this. And then online, there are people where they just dwarf me. So it's kind of interesting uh, comparing those. Um, Yeah. I I could get my numbers up. I I think I'm hovering around 2,000 Blu-rays. Wow. And DVDs, I had a bunch stolen a number of years ago, and oh. I I trade them in um, when I upgrade them, but I, I still have a couple hundred. Okay. And uh, something that has <laughs> disturbed some collectors with my DVDs is that I didn't have room anymore, so I started transferring them into plastic sleeves. I need to do the same thing because I just don't have, like, the shelf space. It looks so good. It makes your dusty old DVDs look shiny and new. You can just flip through them like you're at the record store. <laughs> like, I made little placards with genres over. It's just, it's so fun and easy. I can't bear to do it with Blu-rays, but DVDs, <laughs> I did. And did um, Oh, go ahead. No, Sorry. I was going to ask you, because I'm fascinated, what did you do with the, like, the DVD art? Did you put it in there, or? 
Yeah, I bought ones that were the size to hold the art. So I just uh, gently uh, fold the spine, which sounds horrifying. But um, I've actually taken some out to put back in. I, I keep a small amount of cases because... Before everything closed up, I would do a lot of trading at my record store. And okay. once it's back in there, you can't tell. Oh, and they've gotcha. never had a problem with it. So, Great. I mean, if it's really rare, probably just leave it in the case. But yeah. <laughs> <hang on. laughs> um, oh, and organizationally, I, I wish I could just have everything together. But I have shelves all over the house. So... Um, I go with the labels. Well, it's alphabetical for the bulk. And then uh, for labels like Kino, Criterion, Vinegar Syndrome, Scream Factory, um, all, all those great companies, they get their mm -hmm. own sections. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I saw some photos on Twitter and that's what was so inspiring. It was like, oh, wow, I would love to just walk around and look at Stephanie's collection. <laughs> so cool. If you were asked to recommend the next titles released by, say, Criterion, Arrow, Kino Lorber, to be released as special editions, which ones were, would you choose? Like, are there certain movies where you're stunned they haven't been upgraded yet? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is an overwhelming question. For a long time, it was The Bad and the Beautiful, and Warner oh. Archive finally released it. I yes. was opening for like a stacked criterion, um, but it looks beautiful. I'm, I'm just happy it's I could get rid of that snapper case TV. Yeah. I know those old Warner Brothers snapper cases. I still have the ones where halfway through the film, you have to like flip it. Like, I still have the Pelican Brief and Right Stuff and Amadeus where halfway through it's like, you must turn to side B. It's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, man. And the snapper cases, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, there's one I'd, I would love, which is uh, Peggy Sue Got Married. Oh, yes. I just think that one is so fun. I love revisiting it. And I, I think it's kind of timeless. Mm -hmm. time travel movies ironically or not ironically tend to come off timeless as me but I would love that and um, there's also a, I'm a big Kirsten Dunst fan me too yeah. great so she, some of the best movies of her career like Dick and Drop Dead Gorgeous and the very underrated Crazy Beautiful I don't think has one either put them on Blu-ray get her to do a yes. commentary come on yeah Crazy Beautiful was so good. I saw it, it in theaters and I was the only one in there. Oh, no, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> and Dick, I think Dick is making a comeback now, especially with, you know, Trump being kind of like Nixon. I think Dick is finally starting to get its due. So I'm hopeful that maybe what we'll get a Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> well, Drop Dead Gorgeous too. Uh, it yeah. was streaming for a second and everyone's like, oh my God, where has this movie been all my life? I'm like, welcome to the party. <laughs> now let's get it on Blu-ray. <laughs> I know. And get Jen and I to write essays for it. Thank you. Yes, we will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Do you have a format preference? Or And I was wondering, do you still have a VCR? I do, but it is on the fritz. That okay. It's like, yes, I need to get another <laughs> one from Goodwill. That's, um, 
sometimes. So I have one, but it's not in great condition. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when I grew up, VHS was the format. Yes. Uh, so I'll always have a nostalgic affection towards it. And I do enjoy that aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, you know blu-ray yeah exactly (laughs) and i'm not so like i i abhor like motion smoothing and you know trying to go back and make things look glossier but you know recently they've been doing 4k restorations of things like the new york ripper and maniac which Mm -hmm. are notoriously gritty grainy movies i was like 4k guys come on out no and then i saw it and it looked both clear and grittier somehow it almost felt more authentic almost it was so clear it became a documentary but they Mm -hmm. kept the film grain so I think as long as you have people who care and know what they're doing you Mm -hmm. can't pop blu-ray yeah exactly as long as people are less room too which I appreciate (laughs) what did you say it they take up a little bit less room too which I appreciate yeah (laughs) Yeah, as long as people are supervising it and making sure it it is kind of what the filmmaker wanted, sort of like Criterion does. Mm-hmm. And I think these boutique firms are doing it more and more. So, yeah, you can't really go wrong there. And I was going to say, I always enjoy reading your work. So is there anything you're working on now that you're willing to give us like a sneak preview on? Oh no, I am, I am suffering under writer's block right now. Oh, okay. Well, it's common right now. (laughs) Well, you know, I don't wish it on anyone, but it is a little nice to know I'm not alone. Yeah, you're not alone. I've heard that from a lot of people, so you're fine. Well, there is something that I signed on to before everything happened, and it's a retrospective on some George Romero movies that are hitting a milestone soon. Um, not his most beloved movies. So it'll okay. be interesting. Yeah, I hope, I hope that'll be good. What got you interested in film, either in like watching them more critically or writing about them? Was there a gateway movie for you that kind of changed everything? Or did you just always like watching Um, I was always a big fan of movies as a kid, but I watched them like any kid, you know, Uh like I thought Supergirl was the greatest movie (laughs) because I like Supergirl and it's cool singer fly, you know, (laughs) as deep as it got. Uh, When I got a little bit older, um, I think just as a teenager, someone will mention uh, something you've never heard of before. And then you'll wander into a different area of the video store and you're like, oh, I don't have to watch like only Disney movies now. Like, look at all this. Let's do what I like. Um, so there's a little bit of that and is also the introduction of Cinemax uh, to my household when okay. I was around 12. And that both uh, showed me some of my first horror movies, which, you know, start a lifelong love affair. But they also had things like um, All Over Me which had a huge impact on me and uh, welcome to the dollhouse and Buffalo 66, just like the very fashionable indie movies of the time. And I related to those on a way I didn't know I could relate to a movie. Um, Very cool. Yeah. And it, it started there and I discovered DVDs in high school 
And um, I don't know, it's just something about them pulled me in and actually made me become an even bigger movie fan. I, I think a big thanks to supplements for that as well. And you didn't ask, but a trivia is my first Criterion DVD was Rushmore, which I got mm. for my birthday because I wanted those MTV uh, short things they did for the MTV Movie Awards where they did oh, like the yeah. nominated movies of that yes. year. I saw those on TV and then I heard I could own them. I'm like, yep, that's for me. That's for you. I remember when Wes Anderson got the, was it the video Vanguard? Or I don't know if that was the title, but he received one of those from the MTV Movie Awards for Bottle Rocket. I still remember Patricia Arquette was the one that gave him that award. And I was so excited because I'd actually seen Bottle Rocket. So, yeah, I'm that old. I just aged myself. But, yeah, I remember those. Back when the Your MTV baby Movie with Awards. The podcast. Oh, now I'm thinking yeah. about Bottle Rocket. What a great movie. I know. I love it. Yeah, so I don't even know if I know my first Criterion, but I remember like seeing those over at my uncle's growing up on Laserdisc and just thinking, what are these? And wanting those. I do remember that. I I've run into laser discs in the wild at used stores, but never mm-hmm. Criterion. I think those are the ones people hold on to. Probably. I think you're right. Well, since you watch so many movies, I do have to ask, do you have a go-to like favorite movie snack or do you kind of mix it up by what you're watching? It, it does depend on my mood. Okay. My go-to at the actual movie theater is I'm one of those jerks who likes to put Junior Mints in the popcorn. Ah, I won't attack your popcorn. I will not touch your popcorn. Okay. (laughs) But if you want (laughs) my popcorn, I'm going to have to warn you about the random mints in there. Okay. (laughs) It's a nice way to mix, you know, the salty and the sweet. I can see that. I've never really gone there, but I can see that. It makes sense. (laughs) I can tell you're mildly horrified and you are handling it with grace. (laughs) Well, part of me now like wants to try it. I will be honest, kind of thinking to myself, like, I just had my last microwave popcorn the other day and, you know, damn it. I think I do have some junior mints. I could have totally pulled a Stephanie next time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and there's, um, I can't think of the brand, but there's a cheese popcorn that's bagged and it, it's like the junkiest of junk food. And I love it. Just I love cheese popcorn. Bagged yeah. cheese popcorn. I know. <laughs> Almost always in the mood for that. Yes, very much. If you could program a triple feature, that would be like a good introduction to you or your taste in movies. What would it be? Like, what would you have people like, this is me in three movies? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. Put you on the spot, right? <laughs> okay. Well, I'd have to do a John Waters as he's my favorite filmmaker. Okay. And I relate to a sense of humor a lot. Gotcha. Um, so I think I'd say Serial Mom. I was going to say that's my favorite of the John Waters. I'm not the like the biggest fan but serial mom is the one that pulled me in for sure yeah that it's definitely in his more polished period um 
but it's still, you know, wicked and fun. Yes. <laughs> I, I feel like it's the best of John Waters. Yeah. Cool. And then I would probably say Evil Dead 2. Okay. <laughs> which is going back <laughs> on my favorite foods, pizza. But no, I, you're fine. <laughs> I'm huge on, I'm a big comedy nerd. I'm a big horror nerd. And I'm very forgiving towards horror comedies. I tend to mm-hmm. like them more than most people. And I'm, you know, a lot easier on them. And to me, uh, the fact that they made like really intense gore work with slapstick and actual Three Stooges setups is amazing <laughs> to me. Um, so, yes, uh, that will be the second one. And the third okay. one, hard. Uh, but I guess I'll just say my favorite movie of all time, uh, which is Singing in the Rain. Oh, mine too. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. I love it so much. I it, like that combination. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So yeah. in Singing in the Rain, are you more like the Donald O'Connor girl or Gene or what? Like, what are your favorite numbers in the movie? Well, I feel like I am Donald in that movie. And I wish I was Gene. I know. Everybody <laughs> wants to We're all Cosmo, but... essentially. Yeah. Yeah, like, in a way, make them laugh. I, I just relate to that because I always want to make people laugh. I've always been kind of the goofy clown uh, mm-hmm. in my group of friends. And I, I just see a lot of value in humor. And it's underestimated all the time. And I, I don't know. I, I value it. And it's it's brutal. It's a brutal scene if you really think about what he's putting his body through and it's all to entertain us and he had to do take after take and i i i just think that um it is funny it's entertaining it's catchy but it's also kind of raw humanity on display to me um and no matter how many times i've seen i have to stop everything and like watch every second and just like drink it in almost like i'm learning something from it somehow um Boy, that's probably a weird answer to No, I think you're exactly right. There's a pathos there and humor and also just weirdness. And it's such a good moment. And I I love it so much. I also just love that he always has like Gene's back, no matter how ridiculous. Like, and some of the things Gene comes up with are just bananas. And yeah, I love it. Moses supposes is another oh, scene I love. <laughs> yeah, I could just say the whole movie essentially, but yeah, I think Donald O'Connor doesn't get enough love for what he did in musicals. He's great. No, he doesn't. People uh, in the know always will go on on about how talented he was, but you know, people like Gene Kelly they transcend having to be a movie buff. They're yeah. just part of culture. Yep. So, yeah. And that way he definitely gets overlooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this was so fun. I love your taste and your humor. Oh, my gosh. Definitely. You have this dry wit that is just terrific. I love it so much. <laughs> so you. I want to thank you so much for appearing here and sharing your great wonderful ideas on films i have some that i need to watch like right now those ken russell ones are on my list so i do appreciate that well i 
appreciate so much you having me on. I think you've been doing a great job, and especially being so new at this specific thing. Um, and it's so fun. And I love how you look at foam. And oh, thank you so much. Well, you're welcome back anytime. Cool. See you tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Same time, right? <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, Stephanie. You have a good rest of your day. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye. This is Jen Johans at FilmIntuition.com or FilmIntuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch with Jen and Friends. <laughs>